Support Black Podcast. Greg Hill presents Minority Trailblazer, the podcast dedicated to minorities who are blazing a trail in a variety of industries such as education, business, comedy, entrepreneurship, and more. Greg's goal is to share their stories in hopes to inspire, educate, and ultimately encourage others to live with purpose and passion. Check out Minority Trailblazer, available on gregehill.com, as well as on SoundCloud and every place that you find good podcasts. Remember, support Black Podcasts. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo, a.k.a. Thwip Tribble. And I am Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And we're here at 4456 Main Street in Maniunk, Pennsylvania. Selling comic books. Yeah, man. Come buy my comics. Get some! And we're going to talk about some stuff. Some pop culture stuff. If you don't know what Gutter Talk is, if this is your first Gutter Talk, basically we are here to talk about all of the things that happen in and around the panels of the comic book, the gutters, if you will. Uh, a lot of people get confused by the name of our show. I love it. We're too clever for our own good, Len. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it. This is going to be the episode where I don't say a single curse word. So we're not going to curse on this Not going to curse at all. This is family-friendly, unlike the Savage Dragon. <laughs> I didn't realize, so Len came into my shop today, and I thought, you know what, I don't order Savage Dragon. Uh, it comes out every month. Eric Larson, uh, one of the Image founders, yeah. has been putting out Savage Dragon for, holy wow. cats, At 200, least years. 234 issues. Yeah. This guy has been drawing and writing this thing by himself almost for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? I don't carry Savage Dragon, but it's it's a book that I have fond memories of. Let's let's dip back in and see how it goes. And then uh, it was on the shelf, just sitting here all willy nilly. Yeah. Uh, and Len goes to flip through it and to find what? Why? Why there is um, there's a little bit of bush. Yeah, there is. And there, lady bits. Yeah, there there's some naughty bits. There's a mm. lot of naughty bits. Yeah, there's so much naughty bits. <laughs> so, cause uh, last time I dipped into the Savage Dragon. It was, I had read, I was reading it. I loved it Me all the too. way through, man. I think I read um, it steadily and have up to 100. 100, is that what it was? Was it, I want to say I, maybe I dropped off around 50, but maybe it was 100. It was definitely a milestone, one of those mm. milestone issues where, um, and you know, he did the, the things in the back, the letters pages. Yes. Where he would talk to the consumer. And he had decided that he was in this golden age of comics kind of kick, and he thought, you know what, there's not a lot of all-ages books out there, so right. I'm going to try and make my book, The Savage Dragon, all-ages. So there was a big event that happened. I think Savage Dragon wound up killing one of his villains, and then yeah. it... it Kind of flipped back and was... It was, uh, it was still, you know, Savage Dragon, but definitely yeah. had toned down on the... TNA. TNA. There was a of lot which of there TNA. was a lot. There was a lot of TNA yeah. in, in Savage Dragon. A lot of yeah. lingerie and butt shots mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yes. Um, which thong, to thong, my... Thong, thong, thong. Yeah. My, uh, my, my adolescent brain was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I thought I would dip in. And he, apparently he has given up on the all-ages bend. Yes, somewhere in between 
issue 50 and 234, <laughs> he said psych. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I like drawing? Boobies. I like yeah. drawing boobies. Yeah. And I'm and none of this side booby, mm-hmm. you know, sticking out from, from a, 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 a shot from the, from, from the back of a woman. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. We're going. We need areolas. Yeah, and vagina. Yes. Not, not so much vagina as moundage. We'll call it moundage. Is that what we're calling we're it? We're calling it mound. That's the, that's the technical. That's the, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I have played doctor. Dr. Destructo. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So if, if uh, you want to see some naked stuff, I guess by Savage Dragon number <laughs> 234. I am interested in, besides that, I am interested in seeing where it's going because uh, I'm, I've been told that unlike every other comic book on the shelves, Savage Dragon has been aging in real time ever since its inception. Yeah, because it's not the Savage Dragon that we we Grew remember. Yeah. It's now his son. Yeah, who also, I think, has another son or something. Yes. So I like, yeah. I thought that was kind of neat. They don't see that very often. You do not. I think the only other time I've actually saw that was, or most heralded time I remember, was in the comic strip For Better or For Worse by Lynn Johnston, hmm. which started with just about... A married couple, and I think they had like two kids and a big shaggy dog, and this was easily over 25 years ago. And if you read that comic strip now, which I think is still coming out, the the comic strip is about the the adult family of the two children, hmm. because the 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 their parents are now grandparents it, it, maybe even one of them may have actually even died in the comic Oh jeez. And the dog, the family dog had died. Oh no. Yeah. But whoever yeah. sees that in the comic strip. Yeah. You know? I'd be curious to see if they did a version of that for like Scooby Doo. Ooh. <laughs> 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 and then you get Scrappy. That Yeah, see, so no. Freaking Scrappy. No, we've um, seen that story. Anyway, so let's uh let's do an email. We got, we got letters. We got letters. We, we got, got lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. So we're gonna do Christopher Goodnight. Saint Saucy wrote us as he does. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna what we're gonna do because Chris is a verbose sob. <laughs> so we decided to take turns. So Len will read a paragraph. No, I'll read a paragraph. Then Len will read a paragraph. So yes. on and so forth. So here we go. You started off. No, you started off. I'll start it off. It's called Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Ah, this is in uh, regards to Brandon of our Brandon Ask Us segment. Award-winning segment that we do. Yes, self-award winning <laughs> by Brandon. Christopher Goodnight says, <clears throat> you had me worried. Just for a moment, though. You called it the Tarkin Trilogy and Duology the first time around that I wanted to scream. First... I was curious that there was a Tarkin trilogy. Then I realized you were talking about Thrawn. And though I didn't, I thought about... Oh, and though I didn't, I thought about emailing to you all right then. But you corrected yourself, and all was right with the world. By, but by all means, check out the X-Wing books I mentioned to JD and Len, along with Survivor's Quest, read it first, then Outbound Flight, which takes place in the past but spoils the mystery of Survivor's Quest. J.D., your attitude towards the old expanded universe, which is now called Legends, is why fanboys get so frustrated when something new is created. It doesn't count. 
it's not important. I don't need to read that. It's basically what I was told when I supported the Star Wars property from with my weekly allowance and later my hard-earned paychecks for 20 years. When it was, when it was the only thing around, it was to me what The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi is to you. Imagine if instead of DC and Marvel rebooting every three to five years and you having to start all over, they continued on for 20 to 25 years. And characters grew up, got married, had kids. Those kids grew up. And then all of a sudden, nope, that never happened. And all of the people who mocked you for following comics were suddenly embracing them <clears throat> and calling you a loser fanboy. Plus, we were only getting one to two books a year at first. I was going to respond to that, but I'll, we'll continue the email. As for Thundercats, the first reboot didn't catch on because the toys didn't sell. Same as the He-Man reboot from around the same time. Same with the various G.I. Joe attempts. A few more thoughts on Deadpool 2. Him attempting to subdue Juggernaut by using the Black Canary Hulk trick was super funny. I don't know that I've read a single Domino scene that I can recall offhand, but for some reason her personality didn't seem right. I can't imagine her being so aloof and jocular. If anything, the personality of Negasonic Teenage Warhead feels like the right personality for Domino. Favorite events? Absolutely. Siege, disassembled, House of M proper was okay, but then you had bastard like Mark Wade writing a Spider-Man book that didn't really work, and Greg Pak and Pat Lee writing Iron Man Gundam, and the inconsistencies just take the fun out of it. DC, Infinity Crisis is it for me. Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis. Great. Chris ain't saucy, good night. So, all right, so, he's, <laughs> this is my man. So what he says, he's, he says, imagine, imagine reading comic books for so long, and there's all this character growth in these comic books that went on for over 20 years, and then you will start to understand the pain of a Star Wars fan who lost all of the uh, legend stuff that I grew up on. I almost cursed. <laughs> yeah, I'm 40, you're 50. That's exactly what happened with Rebirth uh, DC. I'm not Rebirth. Um, New, 52. New 52. Yeah. The DC Universe, I've been reading since, I would say, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm -hmm. Up through New 52. And I had things like Wally West. You know, Wally, uh, Barry Allen had grown up and died. Wally West was the Kid Flash. He grew up, became the Flash. And then he died. And then Bart Allen took over as the Flash. And then, oh, oh, and then Wally also had two children who are now gone forever. Mm -hmm. So don't talk to me about some ex universe. Uh, come on. And mind I, you, I can't even form whole sentences. This was being done by the people and companies that were, you know, the owners of these properties. Mm -hmm. The Star Wars expanded universe was stuff that was licensed out mm -hmm. so that yeah keep our name going y'all come up with some stuff yeah it wasn't canon they mm -hmm. knew it wasn't canon mm -hmm. but go have fun play yeah but as far as the star wars fans were concerned i guess it was canon right as far as the fans were concerned it yeah. was canon why because 
every one of them were fans, and you locked on to your favorite, wait for it, fan fiction. Mm -hmm. That was only official because it was licensed. Yeah. That's it. Because someone they, paid it, paid for it. Yeah. Exactly. They paid for the right to make up their own mm -hmm. imaginary Star Wars <laughs> tales, as opposed to the ones that you put in your forums uh -huh. and your chat rooms yeah, yeah. and on your YouTubes throughout <laughs> all those 20 years. Yeah, yeah. That's the only difference. <laughs> so when Lucasfilms and then Disney finally get around to, you know what? It's time Rain. for us to... Rain it in? Rain it in and yeah. start all over again? Yes. They blew your house down. Yeah, yeah. And said, excuse me, we have to make way for a true Star Wars expressway mm -hmm. to come just... Barreling, barreling through. Barreling through. <laughs> barreling through. It, you, know what it, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's who framed Roger Rabbit. You know Toontown? You gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Because this, these roads, they, 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 they gotta keep on moving. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, there ain't no ink that's gonna stop it. Nice. Um, yeah, and then one of the things that he said in this email, uh, I, wanna, I wanna clarify a little bit. And he says, and characters grew up, got married, blah, blah, blah. And all of the people who mocked you for following comics were suddenly embracing them and calling you a loser fanboy there's a part of that sentence. He's talking about his experience as a Star Wars fan and all these other Star Wars people, uh, his experience, right? There's a, there's a part you're missing. And all the people who mocked you for following comics were suddenly embracing them, parentheses, and then you had a isht fit mm -hmm. about it, and parentheses, and then you were called a loser fanboy. There's your reaction to it. It's not that you grew up reading it and loved it. It's that y'all lost your minds mm -hmm. about it and then you got called loser fanboys if, if that even happened i doubt right. new star wars fans are calling old star wars fan loser fanboys but that's neither here nor there yeah y'all lost your ish on it right so uh the difference is when the new 52 happened after me reading for over 20 years this continuity and then dc saying like nah you know what it's time for a new generation let's try some other stuff i went cool exactly because i've had 20 years over 20 years of it so as someone, I don't want to read the same stuff all the time. I want to, I want to, I want new versions of characters. I want new perspectives. I want new things in ha to happen, and that's why I, I welcome things like Rebirth or the New Fifty Two or Marvel, you know, all new Marvel now and all that stuff that people have a have a fit about. It's your reaction to it. Why do you want the same stuff over and over again? I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, and all of these properties they reboot. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it's not just in comic books. No, it's been happening in popular media forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get Sherlock Holmes stories from the 30s and the 40s with Basil Rathbone. And even then, those Sherlock Holmes movies from back then, there's a group of them that take place with Sherlock Holmes that are set actually in the time of the books. Mm -hmm. So like the 1800s. And then there's a whole nother like about three or four films starring pretty much the same cast, Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes, but all of a sudden he's now in present day huh. battling Nazis. Wait, wait, it's the same Sherlock? It's the same guy. Huh. It's the same movie series. Huh. They just decided like, 
Eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He didn't time travel or anything? They <laughs> just know, like... These period costumes. Eh. 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 You know, the British, they pretty much didn't change their clothes for the last 20 years. So nice. <laughs> just throw yeah. some Nazis here. That's awesome. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it, it's been happening like, this, like that. Forever. Yeah. Boom. Now you've got Sherlock Holmes now being played by Robert um, Downey Jr. Yeah. You know, and, and Jude Law. Things get rebooted before or not long after Crisis on Infinite Infinite Earths. You had Superman got totally oh, yeah. rebooted, totally changed over. It always but, happens, But, man. you know, for me growing up, that was my Superman. The John Byrne Superman Man of Steel. Right. Ooh, that was my Superman. That was the mm-hmm. guy I grew up with. And then when they replaced him with a new 52 guy, I went, well, he's, you know, he's not as good as the one I liked, but I'm not going to have a fit about it. Yeah. Because this, because the, you know, it, it's kind of faulty because they've already undone him. But sure. my point was going to be people, you know, kids who started reading comic books with new, new 52 Superman, had he been allowed to exist for 20 years, yeah. that would have been their Superman. And that's right. okay. Yeah. And the difference is with comics back in those days, which is and which is why when guys would be so upset about it was because back in those days, the 70s and early 80s, this was before trade paperbacks. Mm. This was before comics were the collector's item truly that they are now. And their history was being recollected in these big compendiums that you could read. So if you didn't hold on to your comic book collection, your long boxes, and now all of a sudden now your Superman that you've been reading for 30 years is no longer that Superman, Mm. your Legion of Superheroes is no longer the same all of a sudden your um your captain america you know has only been in in uh the avengers for 10 years instead of the 25 years that you've been reading them mm-hmm. you don't have those comics anymore you've lost that history yeah you know as opposed to with the star wars expanded universe the beautiful thing about those expanded universe books is that they were books yeah they were novels that you could always go and find on the, on the shelves. Because novels are reprinted. Exactly. They've been reprinted ad nauseum. You could go to, if you couldn't find them on the bookshelves, you could go to used bookstores where they mm-hmm. are, like there's whole sections yeah. still of them. You know, you had ways to get them. It, when movies re, were rebooted, they had video cassettes and then DVDs. It's only within the last maybe 10, 20 years that, comic book history has been recollected mm-hmm. in a proper uh, and really entertaining form worth collecting and putting up on your bookshelf which makes when they they make these reboots all the more palatable where it's like okay do you mm-hmm. I'll come back I'll check in on Batman when it it's, hits me again and yeah. I'll collect it yeah yeah and I, I get I get someone had mentioned to me on Facebook because uh, I get heated about stuff like that. Like people get upset when things change, and mm-hmm. then I get heated at the people who get heated about it, which is a form of um, hypocrisy. I understand. I get it. Right. But um, uh, this is an extreme. This is an extreme example. But getting uh, mad at racists is not the same as being racist. You know. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like one step removed. So um, yeah, it's just uh, my whole thing is. 
it's for everybody, and sometimes that means it's not for you because it's for someone else. Yes. And you have enjoyed a thing for over 30 years. God bless you. I've been there. But then maybe it's time for the, the kids to enjoy the it for 30 generation. years and have yes. something that they can relate to and enjoy. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Was that was that it? No, he, he, I mean, you know, a couple other things that don't really even got to go deep into Thundercats. He, he yeah. talks about that Thundercats. Yes, that was true. The toys didn't sell, and that's why it, it didn't work. Um, oh, so he's talking about him. Uh, few thoughts on Deadpool 2. Him attempting to subdue Juggernaut by using the Black Canary slash Hulk trick was super funny. Black Widow. Black Widow. Not Black right. Canary. Yeah. Uh, and Domino. It was. it was cute. As for Domino, I, I liked her a lot. I thought she was great in uh, Deadpool 2. Yeah, and I actually dug her, um, her attitude mm -hmm. because she just. She was reconciled to like, yeah, I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. She didn't stress about anything. Exactly. One of my favorite scenes, and it's a slow motion thing that happens, they even show you in the trailer, is apparently something flips and there's some explosion and she gets thrown. Mm -hmm. And she's flying, she's flying backwards to the ground at a very, very fast speed. And there is a, a cushiony kind of uh, blow-up right. doll under her. And she just sort of like kind of just relaxes into it because she knows that something's going to catch her. Exactly. And that, to me, is like the perfect kind of domino character because if everything yeah. you do is lucky, uh, it's kind of like white privilege. Uh, if you know that something's going to inflate to catch you, yeah, your life's a little less uh, stressful than other people's might be. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, I, I thought she was great. I would be surprised if that wasn't didn't play a part into how uh, Zazie Beetz was, was playing yeah, yeah. that character. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you saying it's a lot like white privilege, that was spot on. Thank you. That was a spot on observation. Yeah. Because it would have been very easy to play like I'm just so lucky as just real laid back. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't laid back. She was just resigned to the fact that everything's going to work out for me. Yeah. Because. At one, one degree or another. Exactly. I'll be all right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought she was great. And honestly... I would I would watch a Domino movie. I don't know about a movie. I don't know how far that plays in a movie, but um, I like her. I like her. Boom, right there. Yeah. I'm only I'm my upset, and I, I mentioned this on another podcast was that as much as I I loved her in the movie, and I did like Deadpool too. I just wanted more of Leslie Uggams as um was it blind. What's the character's name? Blind Harriet or whatever her name is. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I Al. Blind Al. Blind yeah. Al. Yeah, I wanted more of her. Yeah. And the, like the little nugget where he uh, Deadpool sneaks into the house and he, he gets that board off mm -hmm. of the floor and he's got all the stuff hidden there. And one of them was the cure for blindness. Right. <laughs> Cute. See, you know, you say you don't know if she could have her own movie, but I'm one of the guys who said back in the day, I don't know if Deadpool could carry a movie, guys. He's like to me, he was one of those guys that shows up and he makes a couple of jokes and he gets her, his head cut off and then he's still alive. Isn't it cute? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know if he could do his own thing. But then when I heard that Ryan Reynolds got the role, I went, oh, that'll be fine because okay. I, I like Ryan Reynolds. Um, so, yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe I just want an X-Force movie. It, no, I don't, no, I don't need an X-Force movie. Hmm. No. What else? Is that it? Uh, I think that's pretty much it from him. But we got another email. Uh-huh. And this one is from Green Lantern Tribble. Hey, guys, it's your boy Charles, a.k.a. Green Lantern Tribble. And I have a question that I heard on another podcast, and I thought it was a good one. 
if you can pick one hero and team him her or her up with a villain to go fight another villain, who would your trio be? Hmm. Love the show. Gotta talk. Nice. Uh, that's a one good hero, question. Team them up with a villain to go fight another villain. Which I think we could call this the sequel premise. So I feel like in pop culture, movies, comic books, what have you, um, what will happen is in the first film, we will have the villain. You will have your, your antagonist and your protagonist. And then for the sequel, we will be like, well, we need a bigger bad. So we're going to decide that in order to fight this bigger bad, the original bad and the good guy need Got to team, team up. up. Right? right. Okay. I feel like that's happened yeah, a lot times. of times. Mm -hmm. Enough enough that it probably has a name in storytelling. Right. You know. So uh, do, you, do you have something ready to ready to go? First one that's coming to my mind, and this is crossing companies, is Wonder Woman teaming her up with Darkseid. Huh? And having them battle Galactus. Wow. That's nuts. I, 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 I can't quite see how Darkseid and Wonder Woman get together. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with that. But they have to take on Galactus because Galactus is trying to, uh, is trying to devour New Genesis, mm. ah. not Apocalypse. He's trying to devour New Genesis. Wonder Woman more or less guilts Darkseid into helping her go against because if she does if she doesn't after New Genesis he's coming for Apocalypse. There we go. You know what I mean? So Darkseid realizes that, but in their fighting of Galactus Galactus takes a shine to Wonder Woman much like he did with Frankie Ray back on the old Fantastic Four days and wants to turn her into his latest herald. Mm -hmm. And Darkseid, having also taken a shine to Wonder Woman, this fierce warrior, because he's not used to having a, a, a true woman, female warrior that's worthy enough to stand by his side, will have none of that and is therefore fighting to keep Wonder Woman from Galactus. I like what you're doing. But I feel like, and maybe I haven't seen the right, um, what's the version of Darkseid? But to me, Darkseid doesn't have a lot of feelings. And mm. he doesn't really care about anything other than Apocalypse. Mm. So I feel like it, the threat would need to be Apocalypse. It would need to be coming for Apocalypse for him to lift a finger. Okay. And then... His apoc like apocalypse. Darkseid has a couple of strong female characters. He's got the Furies, right? Yeah, but the He's Furies. Got Granny are Goodness. All, the, Granny Goodness, first of all, is an old was an old hen. Mm -hmm. You know, voiced by Ed Asner, which I love. <laughs> True, but yeah. it ain't attractive. Yeah, and the the Furies. The only one of the Furies that Darkseid would even remotely feel any type of thing for would have been Barda. And Barda's mm. not there. Oh, Barda. I love Barda. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, and as great as Barda is, she ain't 
Wonder Woman. She's mm-hmm. not a princess. She's right. not also royalty. You know, so that's true. He's he's sort of a king, right? Right. So he would so probably if anybody's going to sit on the throne next to Dark Side, yeah, it's got to be Wonder Woman. Hmm. All right. I don't quite buy it, but I like it. Eh, I mean, it's fantastic. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, I don't have anybody right off the top. Uh, the people I'm, I'm thinking of, already it's already happened because of what I said earlier. Spider-Man and Venom teaming up against Carnage. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Thor and Loki teaming up against blank. Mm-hmm. You know, against uh, fucking Hela, right? Oh, I cursed. Dang it. I didn't make it. Um, yeah, so they teamed up against Hela. I would have liked Hela to actually stuck around in Ragnarok because I like the idea of the three of those siblings. Okay. Yeah. I'd like to see more of those, the three of them, try to hash things out. There's something about Thor and Loki and their relationship that's interesting enough that I think throwing Hela in there would have like made it even more interesting. But Hela wasn't their sister. Hela yes. Was, I thought she was their She's, aunt. I thought she was Odin's sister. Maybe, was I'm, she? maybe I'm remembering wrong. But I, I thought, thought she was Odin was, was her pops. Uh, oh, maybe. I thought she was Odin's sister. No, no, that's that's their sister. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he raised her to, like, be this big warrior and, like, kill all these people. And then he was like, psych, that's a, it's like, relax a little bit. <laughs> maybe stop murdering all the people. Now, Odin's not a good father. No, he's a bad dude. Uh, let's see. Who? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Huh? It's a good question. Yeah. It's a good exercise. I want to do like Batman and the Joker, but there's no reason for them to team up, even though they did it in the They've books. They've done it. They've done it a couple of times, and I hate it every time. Um, it worked on Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon, though. Did it? It did. I didn't see that one. It actually did kind of work there. There was one called Batman Europa, and they were both hit with some sort of virus. Oh, I think I, so I never read went, it, but I remember that book. They yeah. went buddy copping around... And I was just like, I don't buy this for a second. Um, Let's see. Hmm. Hmm. Who, I want, part of me wants to include Thanos. But who, would that be Adam Warlock and Thanos? I don't want to read that. I don't care about Adam Warlock. Nobody cares about Adam Warlock. Nobody cares about Adam Warlock. No. Huh. No, nobody cares about Adam. Jessica Jones and the Purple Man? That would be... That would be emotional. That would be real emotional. To take down... Who's like the biggest bad in Netflix? Is that the Kingpin? It has to be the Kingpin or... um, The Hand? Yeah, but Jessica doesn't really get down with the Hand. Yeah. If anything, it would be some type of street level. Yeah. Maybe she got to take down... um, Oh, what's what's uh, the chicken, Luke Cage? Mom's... Right. Uh, Mom, what's her name? Mama, Mama Bad Girl. I want to say Mama Cass. <laughs> That's not right. Christopher Goodnight is, is screaming yeah. at the podcast <laughs> right now. I don't know. Come back to me later. We'll f- this is one I need to sit and think about. I can't just rattle this off. This is important. All right. We'll come back we'll to come this back. at the end of the show. Yeah. But for right now, it is time for us to get into your review, JD, of uh, Star- Solo. Solo, a Star Wars story? Yes. Directed by 
19 Howard. people, including Ron Howard, <laughs> and uh, starring some guy. Alan Brickenback. Sure, Alan Brickenback <laughs> as Han Solo. Ooh, we're on it today, buddy. Uh, and then, you know, the lady from Game of Thrones. Oh, well, that's... The, um, the Queen of Dragons or whatever hell her name is. Ah, uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark, yes. yes. I knew that one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's got a Wookiee in it. So, I... Don't you call Don, uh, my man Donnell Glover a Wookiee. Don, Don, Donnell. Don. Um, that's his Kryptonian we, name, we Donnell. Are, we are all over it. Today. <laughs> Goodness. So, uh, yeah. So, Star Wars Solo. I had no interest in this movie. Alden, just to get it right. Yeah. Alden Ehrenreich sure. plays Han Solo. Amelia Clark, Donald Glover, Woody Harrelson, Fandy Newton, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh, is that L7? Yes. Ah, so... All right, before I, all right, we'll get into the solo thing. But one of the things about it was, I was sitting there, we're watching the movie, Sushan and I were watching it, and then L7 shows up, and she has a very distinct voice, and I go, who is that? I know that voice. It can't, but Sushan thinks, oh, well, it's definitely the woman who played Captain Phasma mm. um, from Game of, Th also from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I went, yeah, that sounds, that does sound exactly like her, but it doesn't, seem like a decision that would be made. Right. To be like, oh, we've got this very specific actress doing this very specific role as Captain Phasma. We'll also hire her to do the voice of an android. Yeah, Gwendolyn uh, Christie is her. Or a robot, yeah. Is it an andro android, right? Um, Gwendolyn Christie, thank you. But yeah, so it turns out she, the woman who did this voice for L7, was in a Netflix show or Amazon show called Fleabag. Yes. Which is very, very good. It was awesome. We loved that. It was like one season, I think, but we loved it. It's very dark, very emotional. But yeah, she had. It was based on her play that she had written and directed, and now she did a TV show version of it called Fleabag. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, it was interesting to find out that it was her. Um, but the movie, I didn't. I wasn't interested in. I think we talked about this before. Yep. I had no interest. I don't care. I don't need a Han Solo movie as much as I do enjoy the character as portrayed by Harrison Ford. I don't know, man. Like, now they're talking about Boba Fett. I don't care about a Boba Fett movie. Nope. That being said, I went there opening night, Thursday night, mm -hmm. and I liked it a lot. I won't say I loved it. I will say that I really did enjoy it. I'm glad I was there. I'm glad I got to see it in the, in the theater. Mm -hmm. I was not disappointed by it, and I got exactly what I wanted out of it. Talking about the film going into it, what I wanted was a really small tight um, heist movie that happens to have Star Wars characters in it. Kind of like maybe The Winter Soldier was a spy movie that happened to include Marvel characters. And I feel like that is what I want out of Star Wars stories, quote unquote. Not episodes, but Star Wars stories. Right. Where I want to see characters that I'm interested in in a universe that I'm interested in, but they're playing with different motifs and genres. Yes. I would love... And I know I'm never going to get it. I would love a Star Wars horror film. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm getting the new Mutants as a, a horror Marvel film. Right. I'm, I, that would tickle the, sh the stuffing out of me. So, um, yeah, and that's what I got. I got a heist movie. I got a couple of answers of, like, how, what the actual happened with the Kessel Run. Um, and where he got his blaster from. And sort of just his whole little journey from... 
I don't want to say childhood because he's yeah because he's already kind of an adult yeah like late teens early 20s I'd say right I think early 20s because I think this is supposed to be set about 10 years before episode 4 oh is it only yeah. 10 huh yeah huh that doesn't that doesn't jive in my mind you know right. what I mean like 10 I mean makes sense but like the physicality of the two actors doesn't really no, jive not but yeah so what how do you I thought it was just I mean I thought it was okay it had some good bits Donald Glover steals the movie for me mm -hmm. um, what he doesn't what he leaves on the table uh, I think that you know the rest of the cast they're okay Alden Ehrenreich I'm sorry just does, he, he just is a blank slate he didn't do anything for me in the movie um, and maybe that's because he has an, an impossible image to have to live up to yeah. you know a a in his prime Harrison Ford yeah. as Han Solo uh, but I just he didn't do anything for me L7 Phoebe Waller-Bridge's voice L7 is a punk band from the 90s L3 right L3 okay yeah. L3 she's she picks up what Donald leaves on the table and mm -hmm. runs away with it yeah um, so much so that again for yet another Star Wars movie, you know, um, I am left heartbroken yeah. by what they do with some of these characters. I'm trying yeah. not to give it away because the movie just came out on Friday. Yeah. Um, but so, and I guess that's good. But I also think part of it, like the storyline that they, some of the storylines like go nowhere. They just bring it up for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like there's this whole thing about robot rights, droid rights mm -hmm. that like comes out of the blue, you know. Um, and then, and then you, you talk about droid rights, you know, not only doesn't it go anywhere, but then, uh, then it gets real problematic. It gets problematic. The they make a decision towards the end of this movie <laughs> right. with that character that is <laughs> existentially horrifying. It is. Especially considering I forgot about this. Especially considering that, you know, this is a prequel. Oh shit. So you're like, okay, you you start fast forwarding in your mind how maybe is this connecting to the other moves? And it's not. Yeah. No, it's never it's never brought up it's again. It's never touched on again. And I feel like the thing, we should give a spoiler alert and then actually talk about it. But for those, we'll let you know. Uh, the, not only do they make that decision, thus negating and existentially horrifying me, but then it sort of works against the end of the movie mm -hmm. um, and uh, how they wrap up that whole little plot line. It actually doesn't make sense if you think about it one step further. So we're going to count right. down. We'll count down to five, and we're going to give you some spoilers. So if you've seen the movie, feel free to join us. But if you haven't seen Solo, I think it's worth maybe pausing or jumping ahead yes, five definitely. minutes. So uh, five, four, three, two, one. Spoiler alert. Not to be confused with our other great show, spoiler alert, on the Cold Pop Network. So L3... Yes. Great character. I love her. She's another another droid that I fall in love with only to get murdered. Exactly. Which breaks my heart. Yes. Especially since the end of the movie seems to wrap up in a way that Solo 2 might be on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So that broke my heart. But then not only do they murder her, oh, and he, he tries to lift her. And he rips her in half. Because you feel, you see this whole, like, affection that Lando has 
for this droid because not only because this is the first droid to me that the personality is not just in the voice. Yeah. The personality is all in the body. Oh of this. yeah. There's like a yeah, walk. The whole walk. She's and got the, the hip. Movement? Yeah, movement yeah, yeah. and like you know, don't look at me when I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah. I feel you looking at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like so great. Like and you could you could sense the affection between mm-hmm. those two. Well, I would say that it's Lando, um, Han, and Chewie are to Lando and L three. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, but but here's the thing, Han and Chewie will become. What you already see, yes, exactly, in, in, in Lando and L three, yeah. which is why then after she, and, and she is the one that brings up all about the the robot rights, yeah, and yeah. The, she starts this uprising of the droids, yeah, yeah, breaking yeah. their breaking their bonds and their mm-hmm. tethers. You're free, you're free, you know, and setting them all. She frees the slaves, basically, yeah. you yeah. know, and um, it's like birth of a nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then she dies on the battleground. Uh. Um. And it's so horrifying. So much. Then what do they do? They take her brain (laughs) and they install it into the Millennium Falcon because they need her knowledge Mm -hmm. so that they can escape. Yeah. But does the Millennium Falcon take on the persona of Elf? No. 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 She is just a patch. She is basically an Apple pot, Apple update yeah. into the Millennium Falcon's hard drive. The strange, all right, so I'm going to make a strange comparison here because I just watched The Theory of Everything. Okay. Which is the story of... Oh, is that the story of um, uh, Stephen Hawkins? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So you watch this character, this man who is very intelligent, very smart, has a lot of personality, and he is slowly being trapped within his own body. Yes. But at least at the end, technology is such that he can use his eyes, the only thing he can actually move, Mm -hmm. in order to, and like maybe his thumb, right? He clicks on a button. He uses his eyes to negate to, or sorry, to navigate to the different letters, and then he can click a button, and that's how he writes. Right. And he's still able to communicate. Yes. But even in Star Wars... Where there's fuck, there's friggin' lightsabers and all sorts of technology, this poor droid woman is trapped in the Millennium Falcon with no way to even express any emotion no, or, or anything at all. Yeah, she, it's not at like uh, she's stuck in there. Yes, which makes it which uh, okay. Also, because when they first do it, my first thought was like. Oh, that's kind of cool. Millennium Falcon is kind of like sentient. Yeah, and we'll have like the the, She's the, an actual the personality of this of of L three. Yeah, but no, it doesn't. No, because it, it certainly doesn't happen in the, in four, five, and six. Yeah, and it doesn't return in seven. Yeah. So, no, that's, that never happens. And then two, it I guess it shouldn't happen because it doesn't make any sense. Lando is so invested in this droid. That's where I was going. That, you know, he thinks he wants it to live on Mm -hmm. in the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. Then by no means would he ever, 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 ever give up that ship. That's exactly what I thought. When I went at the end of the movie, when they have that poker game and it's revealed that Lando, you know, was was cheating and uh, he stopped him from cheating. Solo did. uh, And then he wins the ship. 
You just stole his best friend. Yes. Who's in that ship. What a dick move. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way Lando would have been like, sure, take my best buddy, L3, that is now trapped forever in and this ship. And some would say, not best buddy. He was in love with L. Yeah, they had like kind of a thing. They had a thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he had I, I think she was very full of herself and thought that he had a thing. Probably, but right. I think he had he had feelings sure. for her. And yeah. I I think best saying best buddy cheapens his feelings. I see. Gotcha. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. But yeah. Uh, but so. maybe not, because he gave her up. Mm-hmm. So maybe like, we're both he, <laughs> You just won her in a game of cards. Well, all right. But at least I have my capes. God, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you thought of these things, too, because as I was watching, I was like, this is horrifying. Yes. This is terrible. Okay, good. Especially also considering the whole history of Han Solo is that, you know, he made what? What's the what's the run? Kessel run in the twelve parsecs. Run in twelve parsecs. Yeah. No, he didn't. It was L three <laughs> that got them through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Nice, nice. L three made the Kessel run in twelve parsecs. Ah, uh, thankless job. Yes. Poor L three. God, she was great though. I did love her. I have to. I do have to say though, and I'll say it on here because. I'm trusting she won't hear this. Who know? But now I've just given this the the KOD. The second kiss of death. Thank you. <laughs> the second L3 came on, and like you said, she's got the walk uh-huh. with all the hips, and especially when she goes over to like like lift the door or whatever she has to do, she doesn't want them to look at her. The first thing in my mind is like, if. Storm Tribble of Black Tribbles, Kennedy, oh, was a droid. That would be L3? She would be L3. All right. That's cool. All that's that, that's a compliment. All the attitude and sass and freeing. Yeah. You know, all the all the 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 the, the, the droid slaves. I think that's a compliment. That's I don't think that's something you should I think it's a compliment too. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if she Time listens to the show, yeah. Whether or not this is in fact now you, know, now you know what's going to happen. I, Kennedy doesn't listen to this show. But she'll hear this one. But Christopher Goodnight does. Oh, yes. And he's going to tweet this directly at her. Um, so, yeah, that was so... I mean, I had a lot of fun. I, I, and I, I like that we got to have this fun conversation about it. That means I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I still think that as much... I, like I said, Alden Ehrenreich is... He's, he's just barely there. Like, you go to this movie to see Lando... To see Woody Harrelson, yeah, he, he's doing good stuff. Thandy Newton, you know, yeah, uh, that was a it. bummer. That was a bummer, but went out like a G. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even Amelia Clark, who, outside of Game of Thrones, if you, if uh, your only uh, uh, um, thing that you've seen her in outside of Game of Thrones was the last, most recent. Um, update of terminator oh genesis yeah which you know yeah. everybody's like pan screwed the pooch on yeah you know you would think Ugh, <laughs> you, yeah. may, you may, maybe need to stay with them dragons baby but uh she she quit she herself was, pretty i liked well. her a lot in this yeah in this, i thought she was film. great um yeah she was great and uh and so was paul bettany oh who they right. actually who they actually he was a recast did you know that i didn't uh, they um 
as the movie was originally made, it was uh, Michael T. Williamson from uh, Omar from The Wire. Yes. With the scar? Yeah. He was actually cast in that role. Um, and they think they were going to be like a, a little bit more like CG on him and everything mm -hmm. like that. But then when Ron Howard came on and had to do all of these reboots, he was busy. Reshoot. So they couldn't bring him in. So Paul, they had to, Paul Bettany, he cast yeah. Paul Bettany. And because of these was reshoots, they didn't have time for all the CG that it yeah. would have been. So Paul Bettany just basically did the movie with, you know, face paint on. Yeah, he did some scarring. Yeah. And I wasn't, that wasn't one of those things. I wasn't sure if he's got these lines on his face. And I went, are those um, wound marks? Or are they, sure is, he, is that part of his alien trait? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. sure either. I don't really care that much, but it was enough to make me go, oh, I wonder what that is. But he looked, he, he looked like he was having fun in the movie. Ain't that some stuff, though? Yeah. Man, you get, you're in a Star Wars movie. You're a, you're a black man in a Star Wars movie with a prominent role. And then you get overwritten by... Uh, Paul Bettany. Yeah. Now, I thought that Paul Bettany was an interesting choice. When he showed up, I was like, oh, this is different for Paul Bettany. I like yes. this. And he, and he pulled it off. He did. He was, he was intimidating. Yeah, he had fun. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of things that I didn't like about this movie. And I did, it wasn't enough to make me hate the film, but there were kind of eye-rolly moments. Right. Han Solo. <laughs> oh, how he gets his... He gets his name Solo because he's all alone? From the Empire. At that, the Empire names them. That means that there are probably thousands of solos out there. That that's just the name that they give any cadet that shows up without a family or without a, a, a last name. They just call him Solo. And it also means that Han Solo is actually, you know, Kramer. We don't know his real name. Yeah, he never gave his real name, so it's just Han something stuff. Um, so I thought that <laughs> It'd was be a little funny if it was something, something stuff. stuff. Uh, I would change it to Solo, too, if my name was Han something stuff. Uh, so that was one of those, like... That was real was a cringy. little, like, yeah, uh, that, was, that was a Martha. Yeah. That was a Martha. Yeah, that was We'll call not, it a Martha. That was not good. Um, not good. Especially for, like, such a badass name. You don't... He doesn't have to have a reason to have his name. Yeah. He was yeah. just... His name is Han Solo. He's from the Solo clan. Like, we get it. He's alone. He's a loner. He's a lone wolf. We get it. It's stupid. Anyway. And then the other thing... What was the other thing? Uh, oh... I don't know. It's one of those things where sometimes I think there are too many threads that are wrapped up. And I wonder if this is one of them, wherein the whole MacGuffin of the film is this substance that right. once it's created, once it's like processed, becomes very expensive. Right. Um, and I don't even know what the hell it was called. Unobtainium. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, Batmanium. So uh, at the end, it turns out that it's given over to these rebels who have been, you know, kind of badass and mm -hmm. during that train sequence, which was awesome. That was pretty the good. The train heist. That's the best part of the movie. To dope. Me. Yes. Yeah. They don't quite surpass that later on, which no, is a shame. Don't. That whole train sequence was fantastic. And then, um, you know, you think they're just these mercenaries who are trying to kill the other mercenaries to loot their score. Right. And it turns out that they're the rebels that are going to go on to become the rebellion. Yes. Um, I, I don't know how I felt about that. Maybe I didn't need that part of it. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, Han Solo is now almost single-handedly responsible for funding the rebellion that he didn't want to join. See, I think part, that was the part that didn't feel like his whole um, play with that mm -hmm. didn't feel Han Solo-ish to mm -hmm. me. 
Like, I felt like he should have been a little bit more, I don't know. Out for himself? If not out, If not out for himself, which would make sense, especially if he's playing a younger guy and he's not quite jaded yet, mm-hmm. but certainly a little bit more ambivalent, maybe on the fence, maybe yeah. a little bit more cynical right. about stuff. You know, but he seemed like really altruistic. Well, now that you're saying it out loud, I'm starting to like it. Uh, And no, not the rebellion thing. Uh, I like that he gave it to the lesser thans or the the more needy, not lesser thans, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. People who are in need of it. Because the... (sighs) This version of Han Solo, I think, should be a little bit more altruistic and a little bit more hopeful because that makes it sadder when we meet him 10 years from now and all of the events that happened in this movie are sort of chipping away at that, right? So okay, like yeah. he's in love with this girl right. who- Kira. The Kira, which was like Q-I-R-A or something like that. Right. Which is a neat Kira, that's a cute way to spell it. But he's in love with this girl and his whole plan is to go do this score so that he can go back to get the woman he's in love with and they can leave together and live this life. And then not only does that not happen, but then she betrays him. So that's damaging. And then um, the guy who he kind of looks up to as a father figure almost, Woody Harrelson, betrays him. And he has to wind up. I loved that dude didn't even finish his sentence and Han was like, pew. Yes. You're dead. Shot first. You're dead. Yeah, that was and that's that's almost too much because it's such it's such an obvious play on Han shot first mm-hmm. that uh but I still liked it. I liked it. Yeah. I it, it, that is one of those things in hindsight I did like, you know, that whole thing like yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no ambiguity about this one. No. <laughs> um so yeah, I I like that he starts off the movie in as a different sort of character than the one we find 10, I'm going to say 15. 10 is not, 10 years is not enough time. 15 years from now. <laughs> so you're just going to read I'm just going to, you know what? It's my, my head cannon. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing is that as a geek, that my head cannon is all that really matters to me, right? That's true. They could tell me it's 10 years away, but I go, that's not enough time. It's 15 years. You're welcome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's what being a geek is. It's like, you don't have, just because they say a thing doesn't mean that that's the thing. That's not the thing no, for this you. It can't be the thing. Of yeah, course not. Of course yeah. not. It's your thing. And that's that's what people don't understand. Like just because they overwrote your expanded universe, they're still important enough to you that they still happen. Right? It's just in a different part of your mind, a headspace. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are the two things in the movie that I thought were like, but anyway, overall I'm having a blast talking about it. I'm having a blast talking about it. I still think it was just an all right movie. Yeah. But you know, you know, you know what it is? Just all right. Well, never mind. I was about to say that just all right Star Wars movies are still pretty good. And then before I got through that thought, I thought prequels. Yeah. So this is better than the prequels. It's better than the prequels. Yeah, the prequels had me giving up on Star Wars altogether. Yes. Well, they should. Because they all blew. But now I'm back. back so, yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Christopher Goodnight. And... And... Green, Green Lantern, Lantern Tribble, Tribble for writing in. We really appreciate it. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Where are we at? We are... Ooh, wow, we're closing in on an hour. Yeah. And we had other things that we wanted to talk about. Well, there's a weekly show. We'll be back. <laughs> but there, was something that, there was something definitive that you said you wanted to talk about. 
I feel like we kind of did. Was it people blaming The Last Jedi for Solo's poor box office receipts? I guess, maybe. Because I've I've been having this back and forth on Facebook and on social media a little bit with people who were, I don't like to use the term butthurt, but were frustrated with The Last Jedi Mm -hmm. and the treatment of Luke Skywalker, and then they blame that on why Solo's not doing well. Right. But I feel like there are other circumstances, other poor decisions that contributed to that, not just their theory that everyone hates Star Wars now because right. The Last Jedi ruined it. Yes. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people who love The Last Jedi, and I would say, I don't have numbers on this, but I feel like overall, the people I talk to all loved Last Jedi, save for the the casino planet bit. Yeah, and everybody agrees that that part of the movie is just... Yeah, even people who love the movie are like, could have done without that. Yeah. Um, You know, the fact that even I, the person who loved The Last Jedi, was not looking forward to uh, Solo. I almost called it Lando. (laughs) Not looking forward to Solo. Because it's only a word Lando. Yeah. He was great. He was really good. He was really good. Yeah, I think I think you know the casting had a lot to do with it. I think the trailer had a lot to do with it. The trailer yeah, no. did nothing to excite me. Yeah, yeah. Especially um, the first trailer. No. Also, another thing that's sort of just to go back a pace. The car, the speeder chase in the beginning. Mm. Those those speeders felt like they were going real slow. Yeah, it was not well. Which actually makes me wonder, like, if that scene was actually Ron Howard hmm. and the train scene where the previous were Lord and Miller. Thank you. Yeah. Because that one was just full of kinetic like energy and fun and the whole idea of the train like turning ah. on its side as it goes across the I mean yeah. that was that was just really a lot of and fun. And the gravity boots or the magnetic yeah. boots so that they can, can yeah. I thought that was great. But yeah, the, the, there's no kineticism to that original that, that speeder first, scene. No, not at all. But plus, it's, and, and it's the speeders. I mean, been there, done that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, anyway, oh, so yeah, just I think there's a lot more, lot more, many more factors to make the movie. I don't know if it's failing because it's still making a lot of money, but it's not. It's making a lot of money, but it's not making the money that they wanted to make. Yeah, it's and not making. It's not making that Star Wars money. Yeah, and yeah. That's, and you know, unfortunately, that's the shame of it. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, you know the fact that it's only been six months since the last Star Wars may play a part in it. But then we think of oh right, then then we think of Marvel right, which has three or four movies a year. Yeah. And you said you had something to say about well, that. Well, the only thing I think the difference with Marvel is because. While those characters all operate in the the same universe, mm-hmm. many of them operate in different areas of yeah. the same universe. Yeah. Whereas with Star Wars, it's a lot of inhabiting the same space. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So therefore, you know, stuff all is there's so much commenting on other stuff yeah. that it feels like one big long drawn out movie that is easier to get fatigued over as opposed to a Marvel movie where, you know, we're anticipating Ant-Man and the Wasp and it it may or may not mention Infinity War. Yeah. And if it does, maybe in just a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. You know? so How interesting. Uh, a sci-fi series, sci-fi fantasy series that takes place in an entire galaxy mm-hmm. a long, long time ago. You know what I mean? And versus just Marvel. Right. It takes place. You know, there is some space stuff, but overall, it's mostly on Earth. Speaking of space stuff, I actually just caught up 
and watched um, the end of this most recent season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Which, um... Brandon loves that show. You know, spoiler alert. um, Five, four, three, two, one. Ends basically with Coulson and uh, May, you know. Do they dust? They get dusted? They don't get dusted. But they they ship them, and they leave. Oh, shield! Um, at the end of by the, ship them, do you mean they're they're sent away? Ship them as far as they're a couple. Oh, I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about oh. like the millennial speak shipping. No, 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 no. I got you. Oh. No, no, they're a couple. Oh, um, oh. And, and they leave huh. like like shield on really? the last episode. Yeah, and and the second half and the way that. Uh, Shield's been operating the last couple of seasons. Like each half is basically a story, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is good. Which is good. And this sto- and this most recent story, this last half story, wasn't bad. There was a, there was it was definitely played into like some familiar tropes, but it wasn't bad. You could feel them kind of like winding, setting up possibly the next season. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get another season, if they don't, then. Ooh, wouldn't be a bad way to go out on. Um, and I got to say, as someone who I, I'll be honest, as much as I, I rag on Arrow, I rag just as hard on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, when it first started. Yeah, yeah. But S.H.I.E.L.D. has definitely uh, won, won me over. And I was genuinely like applauding at the end of the season. Wow. I, re- I, I overall, like, yeah, could I, could I nitpick? Sure. Yeah. But... I enjoyed it and and appreciate from whence they came to where they they ended. It was a, if this is the end of it, which I would be happy. It was a fun ride. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying, man. Uh, I'm on season two. You got to get through it, man. It's. I just don't want to. I, know. I just don't want to sit and watch it. Like I, I tried. I got. I'm. I'm like four or five episodes in. Uh, what's his nuts from? Um, um, oh, what's that TV show? Twin Twin Peaks is in there. Oh yes, as 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 Quake's dad. I guess she she eventually yeah. becomes Quake. Mm-hmm. Right now she's Sky. Right. Uh, and her dad, and he's he's just he's I hate him. He's not a great actor. He's always moist. I don't know why. He's always like <laughs> greasy. Uh, like seriously, watch watch him and and I'm like, why is he always kind of just moist? Uh, and I don't care. There's there's May and then she's got this weird doppelganger with like half her face melted off for mm-hmm. some reason. But it gets better. Everyone tells me it gets better. It does get better. Uh. It's going to be it's really going to be hard for you because while they smartly don't comment hard on the Marvel movies going on at the time. Yeah. There certainly are some allusions to those. So you might watch come across one of those and then be like do I really need to revisit this again I can yeah. just go watch the Marvel movie you right. know but overall see no I feel like the opposite I feel like I need those connections to the movies to make me more interested no see I don't I honestly don't think they play into the movies the, I think the only way they play into the movies is to you know give a commentary on what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing yeah. at that time which is why they're not in the movie. Yeah. Like, because this last half, there is a commentary on why they aren't dealing with Infinity War. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Oh, wow. 
It, okay. but, it, but, it's, it, but it actually is a cool kind of tie-in yeah, yeah. that actually works. Okay, I heard they're up in space now. Which, I don't understand why they're not sh- sh- sword. If you're going to have it. shield in space, I want sword and Ab- 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 not Ab- Abigail? Ab- Brand? Abigail Brand? Is that her name? I, th- I know who you're talking about. She got the green hair and the green yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about, but um, Agent- you got to watch it. Agent Brand? There's a reason why they're not sword. Okay, all I right. I don't want to give that away. To all right, all right, all right. Can I listen? All right, how about this? Can I jump to season three? Do I got to slog through all the Inhumans bullcrap that I don't care about? If you go to season three, because the, one thing I will applaud Shield on, at least when I watch it on Hulu, um, I don't know about if if the same as on Netflix. They give you a a previously on. Mm-hmm. So if you jump to season three, they'll give you a previously on. Okay, good. So, all right, maybe I'll just jump to three then. Brandon's probably yelling at his iPod. Yeah. No, he's probably listening to iFanboy. That's son of a. Anyway, um, all right. Thank you oh, so yeah, much. There was a death. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, no. I don't care. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! Uh, I'm Johnny Destructo. You can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. You can email us at uh, coltspopgo at gmail.com. You can go to coltspopgo.com. You can leave us a voicemail if you click on the bright red banner on the far right of the site. What else? Uh, you can, this is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. You can tweet me at The Bat Tribble. That's with two T's on Twitter. Or you can tweet us at Black Tribbles, the name of my show. Uh, my little podcast network of my, of our own. You can go to blacktribbles.com and check out all of our shows. We've got two new shows that are actually going to be starting in June, so look for information on that, as well as welcoming in a new Tribble onto our horde nice. on our first uh, June show on June 7th. So We need to look- figure out, we need to get her on the gutter talk. Yeah, we've got to figure out a way to get here. Mm-hmm. Get her here or us going there. Yeah, yeah, that's we'll, fine. We'll, 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 we'll do it. We'll rope her in. Um, and uh, you can always email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com and follow us on, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Tumblr, all at, at blacktribbles. Noice! Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Ta-ta!